It's your test match betting masterclass on cricket, only better. Welcome to Cricket Only Better, The Cobb, episode 144. I'm Ed Hawkins. This is the Test Match Betting Masterclass. We've got two absolute corkers to get through. We've warmed up nicely with England versus New Zealand over the last few weeks. Even Sam Collins is excited. You can hear it in his voice. Listen carefully. You you bet, Edward Hawkins. Literally. Um, Now, no white ball nonsense here. Uh, Two Red Bull Rippers for the team to decipher and help you to bet with value. Joining us once again, Paul Krishnamurti from betting.betfair. He's more excited than a Liberal Democrat in Devon after taking a Viagra. Welcome, Paul Krishnamurti. Hi, Sam. I would have thought up an analogy about smashing the blue wall down or something, but I don't know how that applies to cricket, so carry on. Very inappropriate after what I just said, Paul Krishnamurti. Now, alongside you is 49th.com's Richard Mann, who's excited as a red rose wearer in Wakefield as we get very political today. Richard Mann, how are you from Wakefield? I'm very well, thank you, Sam. Very well. A bit harsy. I was at a wedding yesterday, so do bear with me. Okay, okay. That that, that screams of, of more inappropriateness. Right, enough of politics. Account of our own to beat. Edward Hawkins, what games have we got to cover? Yeah, teams, pitch report, trade, stats, analysis and the best bets for Sri Lanka versus Australia from Gaul and England versus India from Edgebaston. Lovely stuff. Best bets at the end of the show. Another special travel wager lined up too. And we're going to kick off with a strategy section to get warmed up. So let's get on with the show. It feels so good to be talking Test cricket again. Potentially five days of action to decipher ebb and flow on the match odds. It's been a roller coaster in England versus New Zealand. So a good time to take stock and talk strategy with the guys for this format. Edward Hawkins, can you set up the plate for us? Yeah, I'll apologise. It should be 10 days of action to decipher. That's my shoddy script writing. But when you're betting on Test cricket, I think the most important thing is to try to work out which team is most likely to take 20 wickets i think because the white ball is so dominant and the bat is so dominant in white ball it can be easy to be distracted by what lineup of batsmen you've got in a a test match team and think that is the most important element i think it's bowlers so check out your strike rates for the bowling groups that you've got for teams and try to work out how uh, which team is most likely to take those 20 wickets and also bring conditions into it we've got really two matches to preview in this show where we've got sides coming in from completely alien conditions to what they're used to so australia in sri lanka is going to be very very difficult and india in england is going to be difficult for them Um, and i'll also just throw in uh if you're playing in play keep the new ball on side i'm not sure the markets really are reacting as strong as they should to when a new ball comes up a new ball brings wickets as we know and it certainly brings uh, the potential for wickets uh, and I've been able to make myriad decent plays down the years on a new ball coming in and getting short of runs or shorting a batsman's runs just because there's a new ball. Okay, Richard Mann, what's your top tip for test batting? 
If I can just start building a little bit on what Ed said, that the conditions is, is crucial in test cricket. Unlike in white ball cricket, where the pitches are generally made for, for batsmen friendly, in test cricket, the difference between Asia and, and England and South Africa is vast um, and therefore different different players thrive in different conditions. Um, excellent point there. My my best betting angle always in Test cricket is top series bowler markets. I think they're fantastic. The cream rises to the top. You generally want walk, want a workhorse type guy. So Pat Cummins, he did it in the Ashes because he bowled so many overs. Jack Leach did it for England. He was 5-1 to one against West Indies, but you knew he was going to bowl all the overs, minus Anderson and Broad. Um, so that's definitely the best player for me. Top series bowler markets. You don't get enough of them on unfortunately, but when England are playing, you do, and they're well worth taking a look at. Okay, Richard Mann, you're a technique specialist. Uh, dubious honour that. Can you really hone in on players' techniques to find wages in test matches? Uh, is that something perhaps you would shy away from in white ball cricket? Yeah, I probably touched up on it there, haven't I? In white ball, it just doesn't apply, and you see a lot of sides. They don't really change the T20 side. Wherever they play around the world, they maybe pick, pick one more spinner in Asia and that is about it. But in Test cricket, it's completely different. And we're going to see this week, but Glenn Maxwell has been recalled by Australia. Um, you wouldn't dream of picking him in Test cricket in England, South Africa or Australia. But he's got a Test match 100 in, Eng in India, sorry. He plays spin really well and he potentially might play this week for Australia. It seems remarkable. But because of the conditions are so extreme in Sri Lanka, they need a good player of spin. The other guys who play pace and bounce so well are out of favour, really, and Maxwell's probably going to get another guard. That tells you everything you need to know. And I think when you're betting, you need to bear that in mind. Pick techniques, people who are going to thrive in certain conditions. OK, Paul Krishnamurti, you're a trading fiend. How do you trade a test match? Give us some pointers, please. Well, uh, golden rule is obvious. Um, remember, this is a long match. This is a five-day match. And therefore, um, the conditions that Ed and Rich spoke about so wisely um, is that they will change. They will likely change. And the market does not necessarily wake up to that. Um, so, first of all, I'd say look at test matches in recent years and see how many times we've seen both teams or all three results trade at, say, five to one plus. That happens all the time. So I think a really good opening strategy is to set out is to set yourself a target for each team at bigger odds than they start at, to back them out and just stick with that blind because that will pay off. I'm quite certain of that. Um, and we will be discussing this later on. I'll get back into the, my old um, in-running system. Um but the critical thing for me is how the conditions change. You know, how many times do we see a pitch deteriorate and wickets be very rare on the first two days, the draw shortens up, and then, of course, spin comes into it in the last stages and wickets all fall in a heap. Um, likewise, Ed mentions the new ball. You know, it's always worth just, just constantly keeping on how many overs have been played and know what, when it's coming and be prepared to strike. Maybe get on an over before the new ball, just in case the market, because the market will probably react after it's taken rather than just before. Um, likewise, you might well, very well be seeing reverse swing in the game. So just keep an eye when in the innings did it happen, follow it in the next innings. Um, so yeah, just basically get ahead of the conditions throughout the game and beat the market, because the market will respond eventually, but 
it normally takes events to happen before it does. Okay, I was going to say, you know, when is the best time to trade, or should you only be taking those two those big prices in the first two match innings? I think the very best time to trade is in the middle of a partnership. Because to me, this is the number one angle you see in test cricket. I think it's in all cricket, but particularly tests. The market never seems to respect the prospect of a spate of wickets falling, which is the very nature of test cricket. It happens in every single match. You know, you will very often see, you saw it we're in the middle of the head in the test. This was the same with New Zealand yesterday, where they were 140 for two. The the odds on, say, two under 250, under 275 had absolutely collapsed to nothing. Now they've taken three wickets in 15, 20 runs, and those 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 lines are, are right on. Um, in the previous innings, England, you would have got enormous odds about England getting 200, let alone 300, let alone 350. Um, they, you know, this is a it's in bet in running and bet contrarian, basically. When a team are batting, when when a team look like they're really settled at the crease, go unders, go extreme unders, and when they've just lost a few wickets, take the big odds on them come on the comeback. Okay, thank you very much. We're loose and well warmed up, so let's get on with the games. All right, our first game is Sri Lanka versus Australia from Gaul, starting Wednesday, and it's terrific betting heat if these betfair exchange odds are anything to go by. Sri Lanka are 3.85, Australia 2.5, and the draw is also at 2.5. Edward Hawkins is, as always, here with some teams and a lowdown. Yeah, Sri Lanka lining up like this, we think. Nisanka, Dimuth Karanaratne, Kusal Mendes, Angelo Matthews, Dan and Jared De Silva are our old favourite, Chandamal, Mendes, Ramesh Mendes, that's the all-rounder, Chamika Karanaratni, Jayawikarama, Embel Denia, and then they may play one of two left-armers, Madhushanka or Vishwa Fernando. Australia, Warner, Kawaja, Labashane, Smith, that's pretty standard. Travis Head could be at number five, but he does have a niggle. So as Richard mentioned, Maxwell may come in, or potentially Mitchell Marsh. Then we've got Carey, and I think they're going to go with Ashton Agar as another spinner. Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood and Lyon. I don't think Swepson's going to play because it, well, he's just not done it for them uh, and they don't trust him often not landing on the strip. Sri Lanka beat West Indies 2-0 at the end of last year at home. Australia in Asia, last 10 years. Is this the game? Won three out of their last 20, losing 13. It's conditions again. They did, however, win 1-0 in Pakistan in March, but it was largely won because... Uh, the wickets took pace. The pitch at goal, eight tests in the last five years, all of them results. The draw looks a big lay here for me. Uh, five out of the last eight have been won by the side batting first. Does it deteriorate? 32 runs average per wicket in the first innings, and it's 23 in the fourth. Richard Rand, some good stats there on Australia in Asia. Do they have an issue with spin, like I suppose batting against it and bowling with it? Uh, given Mitchell Swepson's struggles. Yeah, I think he's definitely been a, an Achilles heel for Australian batting for a while now. I do think some guys in, in that 11 have made great strides. Kawaja would be one. He used to be a poor player of spin. He's really improved. Got a terrific sweet shot now. Um, 
but some of these other guys in that side, I mean, if heads fit on players and Alex Carey, they look good players of spin in Australia, but this is a different kettle of fish. And as Paul was saying, particularly if you get in the second innings late on day four, day five, it's a real acid test. Even a side as good as New Zealand struggled in India, didn't they, recently? Because once the pitch is going, such hard work for non-subcontinental players. And the bowling's an issue as well. I mean, by Nathan Lyon's own admissions, he hasn't really cracked, cracked Sri Lanka or India yet. Um, so he'll be hoping for a big series. Um, I think at the odds, I think Sri Lanka are potentially worth a play here. I do think there's enough question marks about Australia in these conditions. Ed's right to point out that when Australia won in Pakistan, it was with pace. Paul Krishnamurti, should Sri Lanka be a little shorter here? Is the market influenced perhaps by their, their strong showing in the White Bull series? That was my first um, reaction. I'm certainly not pro-Australia here. Um, they've only... I, I was amazed to find out that they haven't won their last five tests in Sri Lanka over the last 10 years. And um, they haven't... They've only ever won six out of 16 in Sri Lanka, which is just an incredible stat when you think about the gulf between them over the years. Um, but I have got a slight negative in that there are... There's a lot of rain around on the BBC forecast. Okay, we are talking a few days in advance here, but I think this could be another uh, lay the draw in running situation where I think the draws could, could well go off odds on because of that. The only other thing is, does it change the nature of conditions? Because if you look at the results here, this is a spinner's paradise. Um, Embodenia and Ramesh Mendes have taken, in the last four matches, 18 wickets, 13 eight and nine, right? Um, and I would have thought that's a disaster for Australia. However, if it's going to be on and off, overcast, um, ball moving around, that might expose Sri Lanka's weakness against uh, mo moving fast ball and bring lots of Hazelwood and Cummings into it. But I think that the... The general play is, is um, what we've discussed earlier and in the past, which is that take the overreaction. The draw might well start odds on. If so, they might. It, it will probably be on and off, and there'll probably be a lot of quick wickets. Furthermore, I think the pitch does really deteriorate here. So, if there's fifteen wickets, only fifteen wickets going in the first two days, for example, that could be a great time to lay the draw because. In the second innings, I think both teams could collapse, but particularly Australia would be vulnerable against those spinners. Okay, so so what are the bets on the match odds, Richard Mann? Well, Paul's probably taking the words out of my mouth there. I'd probably want Sri Lanka on, on side here, but I wouldn't be surprised if Australia showed up well in the first innings, picked pretty good, not too much turn. Um, two left-handers up top as well, so they'll be able to counter Embaldenia, you would think. But second time around, I think things could happen really quickly. And I think that's where Australia could get exposed if the ball really starts to spin. You might get some flash prices in running about Sri Lanka. So while I'd want them on, on side at the start, I'd definitely be keeping a little bit of gunpowder up my sleeve for later in the match and try and pick up some big prices. Okay. So, just to uh, oh, dive in, um, I mentioned before the, the test match in play system. This is perfect. So just to remind, the, the rules are... You're betting against the draw, and what you try to do is to get double the starting odds on both teams. So in this case, you would probably look for something like uh, three to one Australia and six to one Sri Lanka, five and a half to one Sri Lanka. Okay, 
Perfect. Thank you very much. Um, Edward Hawkins, for some value on the player markets, please. Yeah, for Sri Lanka, top first innings run scorer. Matthews has six wins in 16. So he's 7-2 to two with Betfair Sportsbook. That is a bet. Dan and Jaya, who we like to bet, two wins in 17 at 15-2. to two. With the ball in the last eight first innings home test, a Sri Lanka spinner has won in seven of them. Uh, Embel Denier, Jaya Wickerama and Mendish, all three to one joint favourites with Betfair Sportsbook. Australia, Labishani has an absolutely incredible record. Seven wins in 21, so he's 11 to four with Sportsbook. They're probably not going to be able to go short enough. Karwaja, a hat-trick in Pakistan, won all three. Four wins in eight, three to one. Smith, five wins from 21. But interesting, four of those were way, way back in that Ashes series in England. He's 11 to four, it's a poor price. And Richard spoke about Nathan Lyon's strike rate of 78 in Asia in the last five years from seven games. Cummins could well be the value here at threes because he's just going to get through so much work, I think. OK, thank you very much. Um, Richard Mann, players you like and loathe, please, on the markets. Well, I, I absolutely love Pat Cummins and... You must remember that we're betting on first innings here. So while Lyon is clearly going to bowl a lot of overs and be a threat, first innings you would you would think the seamers would have some part to play. Cummings just gets wickets everywhere. He's fantastic in Pakistan. So I could get on board with him. Just in the Australia batsman market, I'd be a bit wary of Manus Labashen. Watched him a lot this summer for Glamorgan. Wasn't overly impressed. He didn't look in great nick to me. Didn't, didn't do so well in the white ball series either. Um... If he gets a go out, I think Maxwell could be a player at sevens. We think he's a good player of a spin. Um, and if Ashton Agar plays, bear in mind for second innings when you can get some in-play markets, if Australia were to collapse second time round, Agar's a good player of a spin. He's a left-hander, so he can negate Emboldenia better. If He might be 50s if he's in at number eight. 20-30 could win him it second time around. So bear that in mind. Um, Ashton Agar, he could be a massive price. Okay, thank you very much. Same to you, Paul Krishnamurti. Um, yes, I've just built on Rich. Rich just said Ashton Agar, yeah, absolutely. But also Pat Cummins, who is sixty sixes in the first innings, and again, you'd expect something similar in the second. I could absolutely see low scores here. I could see low scores in the first innings, to be honest with you, given the overhead conditions. Stranger things have happened, so I look at that. I don't think he'll play. But Josh Inglis is not a 16 to 1 shot either, surely, an opener for Australia. Um, but the bet for me has to be top Sri Lanka bowler. So you can get 3 to 1 Embaldenia, 3 to 1 Ramesh Mendes. As I say, the last five matches at this ground, Embaldenia has got 7, 6, 7, 5, and 4 wickets. And Mendes in his last four have got 11, 7, 1, and 4. So both of those have got to stay in. And likewise for man in a match, Embaldenia is 25 to 1. And I, I can't see Ramesh Mendes in the betting yet, but I'm sure he will be. He'll be roughly the same. And Jaya Wickrama is 16s. All of those are good value. Okay. Thank you very much. Any other business, gentlemen, before we move on? Not for me. I think Paul nailed them on other match, uh, market strategy there. I thought it was excellent. Okay. And uh, Paul Krishnamurti? No, I'm good. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much. Quick reminder that free bet offers are available at betting.betfair on every game that we preview. Over 80s only, please. And check out begambleaware.org. Now, though, it's the big one. 
England versus India. England versus India, the series that we never thought would end, the final test of that postponed series from last summer. It's from Edgbaston, starts on Friday, and India lead the series 2-1, if you haven't forgotten. Ed, uh, Betfetch exchange odds in the form of series outright, but these, I suppose, are essentially match odds. Uh, India to add another win and to take it 3-1 is at 2.72. England to win and draw the series 2-all is at 2.2, and a stalemate for a 2-1 result is at 3.65. Teams in a pitch report, please, from Edward Hawkins in a second. But first, I'm pressing the special treble klaxon. I believe it's me this week. Okay, you go. So, um, I'm going to put two up in the blast on Friday, if I may. Um, the underrated Derbyshire to beat Durham, who've been really poor, and Somerset to beat Middlesex, who've been really poor. And then the third leg is going to be Dimuth Karanaratni to make a first innings 50 for Sri Lanka against Australia. Lovely stuff, Richard. I'll get on with those teams and pitch report for you. England versus India. England, we expect to line up like this. Crawley getting probably a last chance with Alex Lees at the top of the order. Pope, Root, Bairstow, Stokes, Folks, And this is where it gets in- interesting. Overton surely has to play. Potts surely has to play. So is Stuart Broad vulnerable? Uh, Jack Leach took five first innings wickets, so you can't really drop him. Uh, and Anderson should be fit. So someone's got to go and it may well be Broad. So we've kept Folks in there. But of course, he's tested positive for the covid Five-day isolation period is the norm, so he's right on the cusp of making it in time. So Sam Billings could be pulled in instead. India, Rohit, Rahul, Pujara, Kohli, Shreyas, who's been in good form in the test side, Pant, Jadeja, Ashwin, Shami, Bumrah and Saini. We think he's going to get the nod because he was impressive in the warm-up. Thakar is a possibility as a bowling seam all-rounder instead of one of those two spinners in Ashwin and Jajaja. They'll probably make a decision on that one based on what the pitch looks like. What does the pitch look like? More than 304 times in the last eight first innings. That seems pretty low. And England scraped home with one of those with 303 versus New Zealand last summer. They lost that game and they've lost their last two at their supposed fortress. There's been six tests there. In the last 10 years, four have been won by the side batting first. The pitch does deteriorate in that sequence. So the drop in average runs per wicket from the first to the fourth is 31 to 19, respectively. Okay, Richard Mann. India were here last summer. They lost the World Test final versus New Zealand initially, then found form to lead England in this series. And by the end, they were dominant. Um how likely are they to be undercooked here? Tell us about their preparation. What is your sense of how this is going to go? It has to be a concern. They were poor in that match against New Zealand. And then, as you've said, they were dominant throughout the rest of the summer. At the time of recording, they're playing Leicestershire in a warm-up match. Now, there's been runs for the batsmen, which is which is promising. Birat Kohli's made some runs, which is really important after the dire IPL he had. And the bowlers have got overs in the legs. I've noted Jasper Brum has got, got through plenty of work, as had Mohamed Shami. So I think they'll be just about okay, but whether they're firing on all cylinders, I highly doubt it. And it definitely, with the way England are playing, it will be a concern for India backers. 
Okay, Paul Krishnamurti. What a difference 12 months, bleh, 12 monks, 12 months make in the test game. England were brilliant versus New Zealand. Um, India look perhaps a little bit more unsure now. Yeah, it's very depressing for me personally. I'm sitting on a bet from last year on India winning 3 1. 15 to 2 which I was so supremely confident about before they cancelled it and now I don't fancy it at all I fully expect India to be undercooked England are buzzing I don't think England are certainties but um, you know uh, they've certainly got the momentum and I'm highly doubtful dubious that India are going to score a great deal of runs in this match okay thank you very much um how do we look at match odds, Richard Mann? I would. I, I wouldn't be. I don't think I could have a strong view on either side at the moment. I, I'm worried about India being undercooked, and I, I'm just still concerned that there's a horror show in England with the way they're playing at the moment. I thought it it was coming at Headingley when Trent Bolt ripped through the top order. Jasper Brummer, Mohammed Shami, they're more than capable of doing that. Now England got them out themselves out of trouble again. But I'm still not sure I'd be lumping on England at short odds and I, I couldn't be back in India either. I think I'll be just sticking with what, what's been my strategy all summer and that's just taking big prices in running but then trying to get out. Um, I'm sure Paul would approve. Okay, I, yeah, Paul, yeah. let's hear your thoughts. I certainly would approve of that. Um, and I, I completely agree, Rich. I, I mean, there there is your problem. India, England are liable to collapse at any time. It could absolutely happen, and we saw India's bowlers really boss them last summer. Uh, so, if that lot find their straps, then then, then I, I I could I could make a case for India. I think uh, looking at the weather forecast, though, this again this could be another trading paradise. There's a lot of rain forecast for Birmingham next week, so I think this is going to be an on-off. But if we look at Edgbaston, this is a result ground. Um, it's not quite headingly, but it's the same kind of thing. There are very, very clear trends there about the overhead conditions and also that things happen quickly there. You know, you very rarely get a slow run rate at Edgbaston. So even when there's a good batting pitch, you still end up getting a result within the five days. So once again, I'm looking to lay the draw here. I think it will probably shorten up considerably in running. And just going back to what we discussed at the start of the show, this could be the perfect opportunity to, to try that extreme unders. We've said it about England. England, they haven't so much done it this summer, but they are a team vulnerable to collapse. So are India, to be frank, as well. There's quite a long tail in that side. Um, so at any point in this match, when the batsman looks set, the draw's shortening up, the run lines have risen, go the other way, both sides, take the extremes, back the collapse, and lay the draw. Can I just quickly add one thing? The the one thing that as England have got away with, and particularly in this Headingley test, is they've got quite a long tail, even with Overton in there at eight. Broadleach and Anderson are pots. That is a really long tail. But New Zealand, as good as Bolt is, they haven't had extreme pace to kill off the tail. And England have got away with it. And even at large, Ben Folks made runs. I'm still not convinced by him. But in Bumra, India have pace and someone who just kills tail as We saw it last year. He just mops them up. Bouncer, bouncer, Yorker. I don't think India will let England off the hook if they're 50 for five because I think Bumra will finish the job. It's definitely something to bear in mind. Okay. 
They were very short odds as well last week. Once again, despite everything that's happened, and I know they did turn it around England, but you know, once again, you could have got sixteen to one under one hundred and fifty. You could have got about seven to one under two hundred England. It's just madness, given everything we know about them. They were one wicket away from being eighty all out. I'm not yeah. trying to be overly negative, but as a punter. You- you've got to bear that in mind and, and think well actually I want far away from a 16 to 1 one of their one wicket away and they'd have been 80 all out with that tail well Johnny Johnny Bester was dropped and Edge just passed his stumps didn't he and uh, yeah what you're saying Yorker Yorker bouncy bouncy Yorker sounds enough for our top three let alone our <laughs> well, back six so um, lovely stuff okay um, any other business on innings runs here Paul Krishnamurti no, just as a saying um Bet unders, I think bet unders at the start, both teams, you'll probably get five to one minimum under 200, which is worth an interest. But more importantly, in running, when they're on a partnership, do it then. If anyone hits a 50 partnership in running, running back an extreme unders line. Okay. Um, Ed Hawkins, you've got some, some information on some players to follow. Yeah, not necessarily great value on the win rates, uh, I expect. I'm afraid. Uh, but we'll talk about Varek Kohli because he'll be popular to bet. We suggest you don't bet him. 13 wins in 44. He's really struggling. I think maybe the way to go with Kohli is to be shorting his runs in play. I think you'll probably be paying sort of about 10 to 11, 34.5 going under with Sportsbook. The really interesting player is Pujara. On win rate, he's not a bet. Five wins from 46, so it's not a great record. However, he's got tons galore in county cricket. Uh, and has he made that switch specifically for this test match to get his uh, test career back on track? Really interesting. Check his price for a 50. Uh, otherwise, we're looking at big prices probably on Ashwin, Jadeja and Thacker, who has a win versus England last summer uh, for your top India first innings run scorer. India top bowler, difficult to call because Bumrah, Shami, Umesh, Siraj, all in the wickets last summer. Really, really good. Uh, that was their strength. They just hit England with pace and they had depth in that unit. Uh, as we said before, the final test versus New Zealand, no value on England tops anywhere. We need Pope being pushed out to fours at least, and there certainly hasn't been any value on the bowlers' market for a long time now. So that's a very tricky one to call. Maybe the guys have spotted something. Okay. Um, Richard Mann, anything you've spotted for a top India bowler? Any other business on these markets, please? Yeah, I would go with Bummer. I mean, it's the obvious choice, but just... Having, having what I've just said about him blowing away the tail, he did it at Trent Reed last year in the first test of the series. Shami was all over it. He was going to win and, and I'd had my, my money down. And Bum just wiped, wiped out the tail and, and stole the winner from under my nose. But that's what he does. There's no one better. And I think this England tail is susceptible. I'd go with him. Another slight one, and, and again, it's hard to know about team news, but Shubman Gill, he's played in the Walmart match. He may or may not open. When England toured India, what was it, about a year and a half ago now, James Anderson had some success in those conditions, bowling really straight at him. Forward defensive with a closed back face occasionally, and they went at him straight LBW. I suspect that'll be the modus operandi again. Um, and I know I talk about this a lot, but if, if he's batting, next method of dismissal, LBW, if you can get anything around the four to one mark, generally between seven to two and nine to two in running. Anderson, Again, skill. Obviously, you've got 
a, a, someone at the other end. But to be honest, Coley's quite susceptible to that as well. I definitely think that's worth a play because I think that'll be how England look to get Shubman Gill out. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, who do you like? I think I'm not, not, not liking hugely strong opinions. I think that if there's a value bet here, it's probably on a combination of Indian bowlers to be man of the match. Um, Bumrah, I think we'll probably get tens, but I think we get a good price on Shami. And I know he's not in Ed's lineup, but Mohamed Siraj was very impressive in England last year. So if he looked like getting in, he might be worth a nibble. Um, on the India top bat, I'm not convinced they're going to get a lot of runs. So agreeing with Ed's call about uh, Shadal Thakur and Ravi Jadeja. Also, I mean, um, Srika Barat was their top scorer in the first innings against Leicestershire. So maybe he comes in. I know it's not obvious, but he could make the line up and he'd be a decent price. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Any other bets, trades, fancies, anybody? Perhaps, given the overhead conditions, given what I think is vulnerability in both batting lineups, no century in the match. I absolutely knew you were going to say that. And <laughs> if you've weather forecasts right, and it's been going a four to one, and we, we're going to look silly now because there's been centuries galore, hasn't there, in this current series with New Zealand. But I agree with you. I, I think fours could be interesting if your weather forecasts right. Which of these bets we've discussed make it into the best bets? Right, best bets time. We have some scores, we have some doors, and most importantly, we have Edward Hawkins. Yeah, Richard Mann, minus 27.05. However, we've got winners in the offing, and we're expecting that to reduce drastically. Paul Krishnamurti's making his way back, is minus 19. Both guys have got five points to spend this week for their best bets, and it's Paul Krishnamurti to go first. I will have two points on Lassif Embaldenia to be top Sri Lanka wicket-taker in the first innings at 3-1. And I'm going to have two points, Jasprit Brummer, top India bowler in the first innings of the fourth test against England. Okay, and then uh, man of the match for um, Australia-Sri Lanka, half a unit each on Lassif Embaldenia, Ramesh Mednis and Praveen Jayawik Rema. Uh, skipping across to the Sri Lanka test as well, I'm going to have in the top batsman market uh, one unit Glenn Maxwell, top Australia batsman, and half a unit Ashton Agar, top Australia batsman. Okay, I've got one and a half units left, so I will have one and a half unit risk on under 250 first innings runs, England v India. And with my remaining one and a half units, I'm going to have it on uh, Dimuth Karen Aratney to make a first innings 50 against Australia. That is your best bets all done. Don't forget to check out betting.betfair. We'll have the big preview for England versus India, your match odds, your stats, and the in-play action covered after every day of each test. See you next time. <laughs>